Have you ever wondered why some young people choose to end their lives? Ever wondered who they are and who they left behind? Have you ever wanted to hear their stories? Would you like answers to these questions and many more? Welcome to Suicide Pages with Dr. Lulu. Her mission is to shine light on these young people, create awareness for, and educate the world on youth suicide. Opinions expressed in this podcast are those of Dr. Lulu and her guests. They are not a substitute for professional advice. If you are experiencing suicidal thoughts, call 1-800-273-TALK or send a text to www.crisistextline.org. Now, here's Dr. Lulu. Good morning and good afternoon or good evening, depending on where you listen to this podcast. My name is Dr. Lulu, a.k.a. The Momatrician. What's going on? It's finally cold enough in Texas to wear a sweater. So I don't know where you are or what the weather is, but look up into the sky and say, thank God that you're alive because this year, 2020 has been filling the blanks, right? But never worry, we're here to talk about what we talk about, trauma, surviving trauma, suicide, and you know, the stuff that come with that. So today, without further ado, we're going to meet our guest and... When I tell you guys that I have seen a unicorn, I know some of you don't believe it, but y'all know if you've listened to me that black males in my podcast are unicorns, unicorns, okay? So I have seen both and I live to tell the story. So welcome Derek Butler. Let me tell you guys something. It has taken us only three months to get this interview and we almost (laughs) didn't get it. So welcome, Derek. How are you, big brother? What's going on? Hey, Dr. Lulu. First of all, I just want to say thank you for providing this platform and having me on it. I think you're doing a wonderful and amazing thing and spreading awareness. You're right. You know, a black man talking about this type of stuff is a unicorn, but that's why I do this. I'm Derek Butler. I am an emotional responsive coach. I help men master their emotions and maximize their full potential, both personally and professionally. But to simplify things, what I really do is I help men learn how to adapt, recover, and grow from the overwhelming life experiences. That's the gist of it. Um, So once again, I'm glad you have me on. I really want to get on and talk about this topic because it's so important, especially for men, because many men are being crushed under the societal demands to be tough, to to not show any type of sensitivity, vulnerability, or internal hurt and pain. And they're struggling with the effects of unresolved trauma in their life. They're struggling with the effects of mental and emotional bondage. So it is important that we shatter the silence and let them understand that they don't need to suffer in silence and isolation, that they're not the only ones going through this, that this is a common problem that many men are having. And the best way to get over it or to get through it is to go through it. Exactly. Oh my God. And I love that analogy. 
because that's what I, I talk about ants, you know, they're the smallest of the society, but you know what, if they can't go around it, if they can't go over it or under it, they would chew through it. And I just, yeah. you know, this is a small ant that is like you crush them on your, as you're walking down the road, but they yeah. have figured out the secret. Like, listen, there's no such thing as an obstacle for an ant, you know? And, Absolutely. you know, I love the way you kind of just started and just kind of took off already. Yeah, you're talking about men, but especially, especially black men. And I happen to have three in my house. So I think we're yes. going to be talking offline yes. about, you know, just having an emotional right. coach for my boys. I do have three sons and right. I think it would be nice. Yeah. So I never thought about that until you yeah. said that because their parents yeah. were divorced. So that's trauma. That's on the ACE yes. spectrum, right? So thank yes. you so much. Thank you so much. Wow. Where do you want to begin? Where do you want to begin? Well, we can start with my, a little bit of my story and what got me into this. So I come from a single parent household. I'm the oldest of three boys. Um, my dad was a very abusive, drug addicted monster at the time. Um, there was times I watched him beat my mother like she was a man. Um, and times when I tried to jump in and help out, she, you know, he would hit on me too. Um, my mother had her own battle with addiction. You know, there was times that, you know, we were homeless, physically and emotionally abused, also sexually abused. So in my life, I had a lot of struggles. I had a lot of, I was being crushed under self-limiting beliefs and behaviors. I was carrying a lot of anger and resentment. I was aggressive. I was frustrated. I was very emotional. When I say emotional, I can always, I was always in tune with my emotions. I always knew what I felt, but I struggled with effectively communicating my feelings. So what happened was I allowed these emotions to dictate my behaviors and I became a slave to my emotions. I, I lost a lot of relationships. I lost jobs. I lost money. I lost time due to the, the, the impact or due to the effects of my unresolved trauma. That is until I started to do the inner work, to look at me and realize, you know what? I'm tired of bumping my head up against these same walls. I'm tired of not maximizing my full potential. I know I can do great things. I know I'm here to help people. I have a servant attitude. I'm a servant leader. I believe in adding value to others. And all my life, I've always been in a position to help others. I can always guide others, but I wasn't consistently helping myself. So I had to look inward to start going into work. Um, I went through a divorce. It, it was my fault. The reason because of the unresolved trauma, because of the way I handle things. And I had to address those issues in my life and that's what got me to the point I'm at today because I was able to focus on the issues that I was having. I was able to address the unresolved trauma and begin to take the steps to adapt, recover, and grow from an overwhelming life experience. I love those three words, adapt, resolve, recover, and grow. And grow. Recover, yeah. okay, I'm sorry, recover yeah. and grow. Okay, adapt, right. recover, and grow. That is so, those three words are so powerful. Oh my God, ARG. I never thought about it in that combination. But I know the guests can't see you, but generally I know, you know, one thing about energy and vibration is I know they can hear the energy. They can hear the passion in your voice. And thank God you came through, thank God you chewed through all of that trauma because yeah. I mean, yeah. not have you today. That's amazing. Yeah. I mean, I, I, even the words you used to describe your dad, I, he spoke so fast and I didn't quite hear, but anything that ends with the word monster is just yeah. so not good, right? And then yeah. in the black community, wait, you're a male, you're not supposed to, what do you mean you're in pain? Like, <laughs> hello, no, you're not supposed to feel yeah. any pain. You should be just okay. Yeah. But you yeah. were not, you were not. Yeah. 
So tell me more about adapting, recovering, and growing. Wow, that's well, you know, the thing about it. I'm gonna tell you, and when I said about my father, my father was a drug addicted monster. He was a womanizer. He was very abusive. He was, you know, hooked on drugs, in and out of jail. Um, needless to say, my dad was my hero at one point. So we had a very rocky relationship because he could not meet the expectations that I set forth for him as my father or what I thought he should be as my father. And I wasn't able to accept where he was as a man and as a father. Mm. So it was really a struggle with that. Um, but as far as adapting, recovering and growing, you know- Well, you know what, even before you go, I'm sorry to, to interrupt you, but even before you go to ARG, adapt, adapt recover and grow, my guess, and this is just a guess, is your dad probably had his own unresolved trauma because you know generationally i mean unless somebody becomes very intentional in breaking it like you have and maybe not even fully because you you suffered from a divorce if, if i can use that word and so if there were children in that union they are like my own children they are products of a divorce which on its own is trauma so who knows really if we can really ever stop that cycle we can only just try so I want to just take a moment to even just recognize that you are recognizing you have that self-awareness to say you put a bar and your dad didn't measure up. And you know what? As a child, it's okay to put a bar because when yeah. you watch the, the when you watch the Cliff Huxtables on TV, you're like, wait, that's where's my dad's sweater? Why is my yeah, my right. dad not Mr. Roger? Why, where is my right. father in 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 that? And so it, I think it's okay for you today dream and to to want your parents to be like that. You're a right. child, what did you know? And the truth right. is, whatever the bar you put, if he was abusive to your mom, if we just take just that one, that's already that's already failing. You know what I mean? Like right. that's already failing. And poor thing, with all due respect, who knows what he dealt with? Who knows? So was that, you made up, a, you bring up a very good point. Yeah, my, my dad was suffering from his own unresolved trauma. But at that time, I wasn't able to see or accept that. Mm -hmm. um, and and I, I wasn't understanding and responsive. It wasn't until I truly started digging into trauma-informed care, truly started digging into myself, truly started really helping other people that I understood the effects of trauma, how it shows up in your life. I was able to identify the things that he was dealing with and the things that he was doing and how he was coping and he used drugs to cope he used sex to cope he was aggressive he was angry he couldn't handle his emotions he couldn't effectively communicate he couldn't identify what he was feeling or process through he was feeling and he was hurting he was in pain himself and his escape was drugs his escape was sex he was a womanizer so as i got older and, and i'm gonna be honest with you dr lulu i was just able to forgive my dad a year ago the big thing about that is my dad has been dead and gone for almost two years now. So as my dad was living, we never reconciled our relationship. We never healed or fixed it. And it wasn't until he was dead and gone and I truly started working on myself and understanding and truly looking at him with a trauma responsive lens that I was mm. able to forgive him. I was able to accept him. So you, you forgave him posthumously. Yes. That is so I've never even like processed that. Yeah. Like that I can only imagine 
the weight yeah. of that, yeah. like even in pounds, yeah. just how heavy yeah. that was. First of all, I'm thankful that you have forgiven because I heard, you know, and I know you know this because you work in trauma-informed yeah. arena, that, you know, the lack of forgiveness, mm -hmm. people kind of, limit, kind of minimize it. It's like, oh, well, it's like me drinking poison and wanting you to die. But the truth is, it's not everybody that, that has a, an, an easy path to forgiveness. I think right. it probably, and I think it's probably, and I don't know this, maybe you help us explain it. Maybe it's easier to forgive the other only after forgiving the self, or is it the other way around? Which is, which one is, which comes for the chicken or the, or the egg? To be honest, in that situation, I had to forgive myself. I had to forgive myself. Then I was able to forgive my dad. Hmm. Um, but it, it, when I forgave myself, it was for something different. It wasn't really towards my dad. It was more or less just towards my mother, towards my brothers that I wasn't able to do more. So hmm. me forgiving myself opened up the floodgates, allowed, took the pressure up off of me and allowed me to forgive my dad. But like I said, it wasn't like, I had to forgive myself for things that happened with my dad. It wasn't that. It was just I had to forgive myself that I could not do more. I could not protect my mother more. I could not provide for my brothers and my mother more at a young age when, my, when they were going through that. So When you were not even supposed to be doing that, you know, fairly. When it wasn't my... Yeah, you know, yes, wasn't, exactly. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. So mm. once I was able to forgive my dad, though, it was... It started with me forgiving myself and I moved to my dad and it started opening up the floodgates of healing. It started allowing me to truly move forward in my life because I was holding a grudge for so long and it wasn't impacting my dad anymore. My dad was dead or gone. Exactly. It was impacting me. But for the first time, like after, you know, a year ago, man, I hit this place in my life where I had more, I, I was experiencing more inner peace and calm because I let my dad off the hook. And then where, where, the, where the forgiving myself came in at is afterwards because I felt guilty because I didn't accept him sooner. I didn't, mm. I wasn't at this place sooner. So now the mm. guilt came with that. After I forgave my dad, after I was like, now I want a relationship with him, but it was too late. Oh. But I still, I still appreciated where the, the place I was in that I was able to forgive. I still appreciated the good times. I started, I started to focus, I shift my focus on to the good times we did have, because we had some great times. It wasn't all bad. So I shift my focus onto that, and I appreciated my dad for everything that he was and everything that he wasn't. I'm going to tell you what the key was, Dr. Lulu. I wrote a letter. Mm. I wrote a letter to my dad, and it took me forever to write this letter, but I wrote a letter, and I put everything I wanted to put in it. Mm. And I read it out loud, then I got rid of it. And that was it. That was signifying it's done. It's over with. You know, I think Iyanla Van Zandt told when the last time she came to San Antonio, we went to go see her and she said that. Yeah. She, she, she said we should give ourselves permission to do exactly what she said and then burn it. She said, yeah, yeah. burn it, whatever, yep. but yep. just put it down and, and then be intentional about literally letting go. Like you have to Absolutely. let it go, but because it just, it's a shackle. It's a shackle. And I can only imagine how you felt. I mean, I feel like I want to give you a hug, even just for the, the boy <laughs> child, the boy child that was hurt and just repeatedly yeah, hurt. Yeah. But you know, I learned also on Friday, I had a guest on my podcast and he, he just kind of brought, brought it to me. He said, you know, you can go back and keep trying to talk to that boy child, 
or you can just move forward to the man that is that is going to be in the future because he said when you look when you keep looking at the rearview mirror you will never make progress into the front you would you would just always keep as i said the only time to look at the rearview mirror is to see how far you've come yeah otherwise I, just keep your eyes on the front go ahead yeah i, I kind of agree with that but i kind of disagree with that and i'm gonna tell you why because mm -hmm. a lot of what i do i do i i, I speak to my inner child I do so. I do. I do an exercise called mirror work, where, the, where every night, at the end of every night, and I got this from. I combined a couple of different things from a couple of different people that I I follow that are mentors of mine, Lisa Nichols mm. and then Jack Canfield. So what I do is at the end of every night, I look myself in the mirror and I speak to my inner child. I speak to my subconscious, and what I do is I, I praise my inner child. What mm -hmm. I do is the first thing I say is, "Hey, I, I I'm proud of you for." And I'll start rattling off things that I'm proud of myself mm -hmm. for, for things I did that day. Mm -hmm. And then I say to myself, hey, I appreciate you for it. And I start rattling off a couple of things that I appreciate myself for, for things I did throughout that day. Then I go to, I forgive you for it. And I start rattling off things that I'm forgiving myself for. It. And then I say, I love you for it. And I say, and I speak to myself, Derek, I love you for being the man that you are. Derek, I love you for overcoming the things that you've been through. Derek, I love you for pushing forward and for following your dreams. So I speak to my inner child. And what it does, man, it seeps down into that subconscious. Like, I get what that young man is saying about not looking back because what is done cannot be undone. We can't change the things that happen. We have to accept that. But we also have to accept that there's still things that we can do to heal, to heal what has been done. I love we it. can't go back and change what was done, but mm. we can heal the things that was done to us. And that's what that speaking to my inner child does for me. Yes, fantastic. I really, I, I felt that. I felt that. And, I, and he may very well have had that in mind too. He just maybe- Yeah, I, I, oh yeah I understand. Yeah, but, but there's no, but, but the point is, it's about moving forward. But then yeah. again, you can't honestly move forward if you don't go back and first empty the trash can. And I think that's kind of yeah. whatever that process is is, yeah. is, is for you. Wow, that's yeah. amazing. And then of course, I don't know if, 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 did you ever have a time when you were suicidal and you mentioned all kinds of emotional emotional excuse me you mentioned all kinds of emotional trauma sexual trauma physical trauma i bet but what about yeah. did you ever were you ever like at the at the bottom of the that time was there ever a time that you were suicidal or maybe i don't know drug addicted dr. maybe even dr lulu no um i thank god i never hit that point my addiction wasn't drug my coping skill was sex i was a sexual addict that's how I cope. You know, that's that's what I cope with. It was women, women, women. I got it from my dad. It's things I seen from the men of my life. So that's why I was going through a divorce. That's why things happened because that was my coping skill. It was sex. Between whether it was chronic masturbation, pornography, and then women, 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 women. It was being unfaithful in my marriage. It was that was my coping skill. So it wasn't never drugs or alcohol. That was never my vice. It was always sex. And that's something I had to work through and I had to write a letter to sex. I had to break up with sex. I had to change the way I viewed sex because sex was a coping skill. Whenever I was un uncomfortable, whenever I was hurting, whenever everything, I reverted back to sex. Yeah. So I wrote a letter to sex as well, breaking up with sex. Now, mm -hmm. as far as the depression, I experienced depression twice in my life. One time was in 2013 and 
you know, Miss Dr. Lulu, I, I, I shared briefly about everything I've been through in my life. But the hardest part for me in my life, the hardest time for me in my life is when I lost my grandfather in 2013. And granted, my grandfather was 95 years old. 95 years old, lived a full long life, but he and I were so close. Since the age of 14, since 1994, he was like my father. I found a different appreciation for my grandfather, and he and I were so close. So when I lost him in 2013, we knew it was coming. He was on the hospice. It still hit me hard. And for the first time in my life, after everything I've been through and had to overcome, I was without hope. I never felt that before in my life. I've never been in that dark place. No matter what I've been through, we're being homeless. We're being in women's shelters, abuse, abuse, uh, home, uh, um, women abuse shelters, with sleeping in the cars and all those things. I've never been without hope. But when I lost my granddad for about two weeks, I was in a dark place. And it was hard. And that was me being selfish. So I, I eventually sprung a body that didn't require medication. But then another time, when I hit a, I hit a, I hit rock bottom. This was, I was going through the divorce. I just moved back up to Maryland from Georgia. My wife was still in Georgia. I was working. I was making good money, but Dr. Lulu for the first, I didn't want to get up. I didn't want to get up out of the bed each day. I didn't want to go to work. So for about a month, I called off work a month straight and I went to ball. I, I was in Western Maryland in the mountains and for a month straight, I, I just left work and I went to Baltimore to be with my youngest brother and I just stayed dead and I went to Richmond being my other brother, but I did not want to go to work. I did not want to face anything and I couldn't figure out what it was. And I was trying to get on medication and the medication wasn't working and all it did was impede my sex drive and things I couldn't climax. So it was one of them things like, I don't, but I realized that those unresolved issues was really coming out and I was feeling stuck. I was feeling like I can't move. I don't want to do anything. So I got off the medication because it wasn't working for me. And I said, I'm not going to do this. I'm going to beat this. And I struggled. And, and I tried to muscle my way out of it. I tried to muscle my way out of it, motivate my way out of it, talk my way out of it. You know, none of that stuff was really working. I would, I would face those things. I would still have moments when I'm very up. I would still have moments when I'm down. But it was when I really started doing the inner work that I fought through the moments of stillness. When I fought through the moments of being shackled and being like, like uh, being stuck, you know, being stuck. I fought through that being stuck and it was, it was, it was wonderful, man. I really, it was, it was, it was a different thing. So I, I don't, now when I deal with overwhelming or distressing thoughts or feelings, I always go to my safety plan. I created a safety plan and basically it's the things that bring me joy. And when I work with my clients a lot, first, one of the first things you focus on is gaining clarity around the things that bring them joy. Because it's not that we would ever be without overwhelming or distressing thoughts and feelings. It's about learning how to better respond to them, learning how to manage them and turn down a, turn down a volume on them. And the way I do that, the way I encourage my clients to do that is through doing the things that bring us joy, basically self-care, self-care. So that's my, my safety plan is my self-care list. Things that I can go through, go to when I'm distressed or overwhelmed and it brings me back. So it's things I got, I got it broken into tears. There's things I can do if I'm in a meeting, if I'm somewhere out and I'm in, in, in distressing over thoughts and feelings comes, I, I quickly meditate. There's things I can do there, but there's also things that I do when I'm at home where 
you know, I can get away and I can go listen to music. I can put some jazz on or, you know, it, it you know, it's things that I, I identify that bring me joy, that help me to refocus, that re-energize me and help me to recharge those mental and emotional batteries. That is amazing. I mean, that's just, oh my God, so powerful. I, I, I don't even know where to begin. I love the fact that you say you try to muscle your way out. You try yeah. to motivate your way out. So yeah. I can only imagine the amount of thought work it took. Yes, yes. Ah. It was exhausting. I, be, I was why, just going to say, I was yeah. just going to say that. It's like, oh, that's, just thinking about it is exhausting. That's why I created my program, Trauma Informed Motivational Empowerment. And it's what it does, it, yeah, it, 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 it merges all the good parts of trauma-informed care, motivation, and empowerment, because motivation runs out. You know, we can't rely on motivation alone. Motivation runs out. And, and, and there was times that I tried to just use motivation alone. I tried to use empowerment. It didn't work. But once I started adding the trauma-informed into it, being responsive to what the trauma is doing to me, understanding that, then I added motivation on top of it and empowerment, and I was able to move forward. So that's why I do trauma-informed motivational empowerment because we have to have an understanding and responsiveness to the effects of trauma because trauma is so common. Yeah. And especially yeah. in- And, I, and I, I love that you said, you also said, I'm sorry to, I love that you also no said that you took the medicine and it didn't work. And I, 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 I go that a lot, probably on every episode because I'm a, I'm a firm believer that I took the medicine too and it didn't yeah. work. But it was yeah. because, not because the medicine is not, medicine is a pill, you know, yeah. it's, it's made to work, but it's made to work only if all these other things are okay. Otherwise, you know, you can be diabetic all you want, right? Take your insulin yeah. all you want and then have yeah. your lifestyle that doesn't support that or yeah. your diet. that. So I'm saying it's, it works if, only if all of these other things. And I talk about a child who is being bullied all the time or sexually molested. Yeah who is suicidal, who is depressed as a result, and you're giving them medication, but they're going home to their bully every day. It's, yes. just, it's just not right. And I want people, to, because the children cannot speak for themselves. And, and sadly, we live in a, in a country where profit is, 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 is capitalistic, you know? So, I mean, they want to sell their medications and you can't blame them, but at what cost? At what right. cost? Right, at what cost? No, because yeah, they want children dying every day not because they're not on medication, but because the, the circumstances are not changing for the child. Yeah, Or the adults in this case. Absolutely. I wanted to tell the listeners a little bit more about this, your trauma-informed motivational empowerment, because I really want people to know about it. And maybe we can get you a couple of clients that way. I'm already right. sold. <laughs> I think I'm going to sign up my two, my two elder sons. Right, Don't right, help right. Me. <laughs> if they don't come and get right. me, but mom, what are you doing? I might do that right, because right. they'll be traumatized. I'm not going to lie. Their right. parents are divorced and they've been traumatized. That's, that's that, is, and that is trauma. That is trauma. And we don't, I, I, I think the thing with this trauma for motivation. And they're black trauma. men. Yes. That's <laughs> trauma right there in itself. Yes, exactly. Yes. Like not, not that it's our fault that we're black, but it's no. trauma that comes along with, with being a black man. Yes. Like it's a birthright almost, which yes. is not a good thing, but that's what it is. Like yes. I know when I had my third yes. son, I got depressed because I had a third black son. People didn't get it. Yes. Where he's he's healthy, he has ten fingers. I said, but he's black in America. I I, that's yes. my, I was like, oh my god, a third one for them to haunt, you know, yes. and hunt yes. and, and yes. just aggravate. Oh. Yes, yes. I, I, you know, I, I definitely get it. I, I felt that. I, I've dealt with that a lot. 
the, the one thing when it comes to the trauma for motivational empowerment, what's critical about that is truly having an understanding and responsiveness to trauma. We have to start there. We have to meet those initial needs of safety, of care, of trust. We have to start getting there and let people know that it's okay to be vulnerable. It's okay to open up and express so that we had to get them to the place of vulnerability so they could start to heal. And they had to be to feel safe, connected, and in control. Everybody wants to feel safe, connected, and in control, but trauma disrupts that. So what I do with my program, Dr. Lulu, and I got this from, um, my program is based off of, um, you know, this, this, this Sandra Bloom, Dr. Dr. Sandra Bloom, and her, um, it's called the Sanctuary Model. I know about and, it. Yeah, and, and it was one of those things that really I gravitated towards. I truly understood. And what they do is I don't focus on specific traumatic events, okay? And I got this. I focus on the self. And when I say self, I focus on safety, emotions, loss, and future. Because no matter what type of trauma you go through, no matter what type of traumatic events you have, you're going to fall into either one of those key areas of disruption. So you either have, you either have issues with being safe, whether it's safe mentally, whether it's safe physically, whether it's safe socially or whether it's safe morally, you're having issues with being safe. You also have issues with your emotion, whether it's identifying, processing, or expressing your emotions. All right. You also have a dish a issue with dealing with loss, loss and change. And you know, anybody who's been through a lot of trauma, they suffer a lot of loss and change, and that is damaging. And then you also have an issue with identifying and taking action for a better future. So mm -hmm. I focus on those four key categories right there. Like mm -hmm. I said, I don't, I'm, I'm, I'm solution focused and results oriented. So everything I'm doing is I focus on present and future to get you moving forward. I don't have to focus on a specific traumatic event. Okay. So with that being said, trauma is so common. And I tell people all the time, like, a person's inability to accomplish their goals, their dreams, or anything they want to has it rarely has anything to do with their talent, their skill set, desires, or ability. It, it all comes down to the commonness of trauma and the exceptions that people make in their lives to cope with it. Mm. That's what holds a lot of people back. That's what keeps a lot of people from reaching their dreams and their goals and getting the outcomes that they desire and deserve. So I started addressing the unresolved trauma, the effects of the unresolved trauma. The effects, I, yeah, because as you yes. said, not, not the trauma itself. The effects. But the, the effects, choices, wow. The choices you make, the, 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 uh, let's look at mental safety, the thoughts that you're having, which your inner critic constantly doubting you. You, you don't have confidence. You're beating yourself up mentally. That's that so that's that mental safety right there. Or you're not physically safe. You're 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 aggressive. You're abusive to the woman in your life. You're 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 always out there fighting. You can't keep a job because you can't handle your emotions. So we we deal with these things, and like I said, I focus on those th those those key areas and and working on a you know helping men to adapt, recover, and grow in those areas. Helping men to feel safe, connected, and in control in these areas. All right, you know what? I'm, I'm going to make a, an executive decision because I can, because it's my podcast. Right. We're going right. to have to have you come back. We have to have you come back yes. because yes. there's just so much to unpack. And not only because I'm a, I'm a boy mom, I'm a mother of yes. three boys, three yeah. black boys, because yes. I think this kind of message that you have, in fact, while you were talking, I was like, oh my God, I need this guy 
in any event that I have in the future because you yes. are unique, you know, you're different and it's important. Yes. So we're going to talk about that offline. If we have time, okay. we have five minutes on the clock, give us in five minutes, where can the listeners find you and give us a word of advice for someone who the little Derek, you know, yeah. who is like the little Derek, five minutes, you only got five, bro. Go real quick. So you can find me on all social media platforms. My main platform is LinkedIn. You can find me at Derek Butler on LinkedIn. I'm DB Empowers on Instagram and Derek Butler on Facebook. You can contact and reach out for me or reach out to me at any time. I would love to gain some clarity around where you're at, where you want to be, the obstacles in the way, and if and how I can help you. Um, you can reach out to me, give you a no-pitch clarity call, man, so we can see what we need to do to get you moving forward in your life. Um one thing that I would tell people, and I want people to understand, no matter what you're going through, no matter where you're at, no matter how hard it is, that's not all there is. You do not have to stay stuck and struggling. You do not have to keep carrying around that invisible suitcase of the baggage from your past. You can adapt, recover, and grow. And I need you to understand that it's possible and it's worth it because you're worth it your future is worth it and those that love you are worth it as well so it requires you to put in the work you have to become deliberate and intentional with healing with adapting recovering and growing and i'm gonna tell you it's not easy dr lulu there was times i got up in the morning at four in the morning and i'm at my desk working on me and i'm crying i'm crying tears because i'm struggling i'm fighting with the old me them old the old limiting beliefs and behaviors was coming up and I know what I should be doing, but I was uncomfortable. I was stretching, I was growing and it was tough. So I'm telling you right now, remember that it's possible. It's worth it. You do not have to stay stuck in struggling, st stuck in struggling. You can adapt, recover and grow and, and, and regain your feeling of, uh, regain your sense of feeling safe, connected and in control. And lastly, I want to leave you with this one thing. No matter what happened to you, how hard it is, you are not what happened to you, and what happened to you wasn't your fault. Amen. Dr. Lulu, thank you for having me on. I truly appreciate you. That was so powerful. You are not what happened to you, and what happened to you was not your fault. Absolutely. Ah, goodness. I'm going to just try to see if I can push my luck here. Derek, will you come back? Absolutely, Dr. Lulu. Anything you have going on, I want to be a part of and help okay. out. Great. That's Absolutely. Cool. And then number two, Derek. Let's just say we have one single black male listening to us right now. Will you give him a 10% discount if he says he heard you on my podcast? Absolutely. Yes. Will do for you, Dr. Lulu. Yes, oh I will. Oh my God. Because I'm just, I want to cry real tears. And I, you know, I hate the yeah. pandemic because we're not able to travel, but you right, know, I, right. I know that I just want to just get a big old bear. And I know the, the listeners can't <laughs> see you, but he's like a, a like a, big bear kind of brother that you could just kind of develop you and just his arms and everything. Right, and right. I just, I just want to say on behalf of the listeners, you know, for all it's worth, you know, it's just sorry about what happened to you, you know, for all it's worth, the, the divorce. You know, I've never really looked at my divorce from my ex-husband's perspective. I've never. Yeah, yeah. Until now, I've never really looked at it. Yeah, 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 Very there good. I am. Okay, yeah. let me, let me, let me, Note that. So I'll find you off outside of this. I'll send you a message yeah. right now. But thank you so much for coming. I had a blast. I'm glad we finally got it to happen. I'm glad. Thank you the first being, time we yeah, were speaking, I was you. crying. I was like, oh my God. <laughs> so I'm an yeah. emotional bag of worms or something. But thank you yeah, so I much. Understand. 
thank you for having me. I truly appreciate it. I look forward to working with you and talking with you more. And um, we'll definitely connect and talk after this, okay? It's going to happen. As a matter of fact, in August, I had an event called Dear Dad. And now mm -hmm. I'm just wishing that you had, you know what? It happened when yeah. it was meant to happen. Yeah. For next August, you're going to be a speaker because we need you to point to those dads, baby. I mean, it's just yes, so important. Especially yes, physician dads. Because they don't, yes. have, you know, doctors feel like, you know, we have to have it together all the time. Yes, it's yes. It's worse to show emotion. And I'm in a group with yes. 18,000 physicians. Imagine if I could get 10% of them in a room with you. How Absolutely. Absolutely. Look, Dr. Lulu, I got a client meeting coming up. I got to run. I look to hear from you. I really appreciate it. I love what you're doing. Continue to do and bring your magic to the world. I thank you. And I will talk with you soon. Okay. Yes, sir. Thank you so All much. All right. Thank you. All, All right. right. Take it easy. All right. So you heard him. He came and he poured his little heart out. Thank you so much, Derek. This is Dr. Lulu, AKA the Momatrician, always keeping it real and always bringing people that will pour love, light, message, and and everything into you that is positive. Thank you for always supporting this podcast. Thank you for sharing about this podcast. Thank you for subscribing. Thank you for just being you. And remember, if you have a story to tell, if you have a story to tell about struggles or stigma or trauma or suicide, I am just literally a DM away. Look for Uche Naume on Facebook. Look for Ask Dr. Lulu on Facebook. Look for Ask Dr. Lulu on Instagram, or just go to, you know, just find my website, tinalive.com, and send me a message. Google my name, I will pop up, and let's talk. Your story needs to be told. There are lives that you can be saving right now. And if you don't know this yet, I have finally gotten the green light to start recording my, my documentary about youth suicide in people of color. So I'm really excited. It's going to be based loosely on my second book called 18's Life. I can't wait. All right, I'll talk to you guys soon, okay? Remember, the life you might save might even be yours. So please, please keep spreading the message. I'll see you guys soon. Bye.